<laughs> Tim, can I see your can I see your puke face one more time? <laughs> How do the motherfucking cheeks go out like that? You look like <laughs> Josh, and who's dramatic when they're throwing up? <laughs> I swear to God. It's like that he was hollering. Was so loud. And then the end here. I was like, bitch, spit it out, girl. Did you die? <laughs> spit it out, girl. And the, I, I don't even. I it sounded like the exorcist in there. No. Like, I remember laying down and saying. The poor guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's doing his shirt. Look at <laughs> I went in there. He was laying on the cold tile. With no pillow? <laughs> With nothing. Nothing. Bitch, I'm dead. Nothing. Head on the tile. He said he, like, lifted your head up, like, <laughs> put a pillow underneath <laughs> Welcome, Mimi. <laughs> me and Mimi trying to find our intro. <laughs> That's exactly what well, we Tell doing. me when y'all ready. Uh... Hey, at least me and Mimi was like, you know what? That bonding time me and Mimi had at the beginning today. <laughs> oh, God. That shit sounded hella singular. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Bitch. <laughs> we did it, y'all. We did it. Hi, I'm that woman co-worker that your dad told your mom not to worry about, Josh. <laughs> and I'm Miata, and nothing hits harder than a toddler's breath at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Good gosh. Do his thing? Bad. Like, like he's been chewing turds. Let me rewind you back to open butt episode. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, something about green... Peter Pan pants, pants <laughs> but never the both. Uh, my name is Tim, and if you have not seen the R. Kelly sex tape, you're in for a surprise. You're in for a surprise. You're in. You're in. You're in. Like, like piss. You're in. Flash just piss, yeah. <laughs> Got it. Oh, I did great. Honestly, Wait, I did so great. Toddler mouse stank? Bad, girl. Why? Okay, they don't, Miata. They don't be brushing their teeth. Add in some dental work. I don't know. Add in some dental work. Yep. Add in a cat. Add in <laughs> and a the cat. cap. Yep. Oh, nice no cap. metal cat. It's just, it's <laughs> just silver teeth. Snake. His new thing is like not waking me up in the morning, but just sitting there staring at me and kissing on me. With hot, funky with hot, breath. shitty breath. So he's just staying over you, kissing on you. Yeah. So like, I open my eyes and he's sitting there like this. And see, and R. <laughs> Kelly was standing over you, pissing on you. Do you get it? Ew. <sighs> We're talking about my child. And you Almost know, R. Kelly like Joe ass this weekend by mistake. <laughs> oh, shit. And I, refu- I refused to be Tim's uh, work conference story of the year, so I <laughs> accidentally locked myself out of the hotel. I don't know how I got back to my room or who put me there. Tim was oh, on a pallet there's no, on the floor. <laughs> there's no way I got there by myself. Josh, how much throw up was there? On the floor or in the toilet? Anywhere. A lot. Was it like the exorcist? Who was throwing up? And it was like... Purplish red. Ew. Think about it. I didn't eat nothing that day. And how many cranberry vodkas was thrown back? Good gosh. 
It was bad. Good God. It was really bad. And who was in there patting your ass on the back? Like, it's Josh fine, was sis. Apparent, about to pass out myself. I wake up and I was like. You had a I, pallet on the floor next yeah, to the toilet. Yeah, I was like, who, who came and brought me this, who came <laughs> brought me this blanket? And then, uh, you remember how I told you I sat up with Tasha? Uh, yes. I did that whenever I walked out there and you went in a room. <laughs> well, I was sweating because I was like, I'm going to not. I was like, don't set your alarm. I'll set mine so that I know that we get up in the morning because we had to be at the thing at 9 a.m. Yeah, and then what? I got locked out of the room and your ass was like passed out. You weren't coming to let me in. So I somehow got back to my room. My alarm went off, but I'm like, oh, shit, Tim ain't got an alarm set. Uh-uh. Was I late? Uh-huh. Like a motherfucker. Yeah. And I was like, so I was calling you and texting you and shit. Well, what was funny was me and you went into some store that was closed and sat on some stairs. I remember that. I don't remember what we said down there and why we just sat down there and just like. Well, I think it was like a bar, but oh, it was no, closed. Oh, no, we was hiding from somebody. Were we? Was it any of the car doors that you opened on the way home? And none of them would open. Did you hear about that? Wait, what? We was trying to find a ride home because <laughs> we didn't know where we were going. We didn't know where to, we didn't know where the motel was. And then we were going to rent a scooter, but I'm like, no, that's, that's so a broken we had to download an app. happen. Yeah, we had to download an app, right? Well, then yeah. there was people at a light. Who somehow got us back to the hotel? I don't only walking to that know. bar one time because I'm telling you right and now, coming back in on reverse. The street, Josh was more fucked up than I was. What? Yeah, like was I, I was coherent enough. Was I could, bad. I could guess somebody's car at a red light year and everything. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I said, "Hey, if I get your car, make model and year right, can we get a ride?" <laughs> and then yeah. I said, "It's a 2003 Ford Escape," and he was like. Yeah, and I was like, we can get a ride, and he's like, no, and I was like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> well, to be fair, they already had like five people on that Ford Escape. We was going right up the road. Y'all could put my ass in the trunk. I can I sit, sit on lap. somebody's lap. Yeah. So then, I don't even, I don't, dead ass, I do not remember making it to the hotel doors from that point. I remember walking the streets. I don't remember walking through the lobby. Me either. I remember... My eye, you know them, uh, them TikToks where it's like somebody had just knocked their child <laughs> yeah. out and it's waking up. That was me, but we were getting off the elevator and you just walked to the first door. I'm like, this ain't his fucking room. And then he scanned the card and it opened, and I was like, oh shit, I got us in there. Yeah, okay, she's pissed. <laughs> she's pissed. Shit. But I don't remember riding the elevator, walking through the lobby, or nothing. Yeah, m- Mimi, you know I don't do alcohol. I know you don't do anything. Anything, but what? What did you find out? Adderall. And what did I used to do? <gasps> He used to put an Adderall in his bang and let it dissolve. D- didn't I, Josh? Why would you do that? You don't remember that? That I sounds do that. so I would say, Listen dangerous. To this and it used to just dissolve inside of a bang. That didn't taste like shit. That sounds it's, like death. It's, it sounds like your heart. It sounds like my to do list got. That's that what day. happens when people ain't have no business doing drugs. Doing drugs, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Let's not even talk about what we did in the Uber. What'd you do? That Stop. sounds real inappropriate. What's Somebody else's weeping. I told. I think I told you. That <laughs> it was the driver, right? I was, I was joking. I was like, "You got some wees," and she some was wheeze? like, "Actually," I was like, oh. "What?" Yeah. And then what about the other one who had cat piss in her car and told David he couldn't sit up front? Bitch, I'm what? dead. She had David was like, pee in her, like, "It smelled. Awful it smelled like a whole fucking litter pot, litter box had like emptied and out." She, on David us. was like, "Can I ride in the front?" And she was like, "No." And then she was like, so where y'all going? Like a restaurant? And we were like, no, we're going to a strip club. And she was like, oh, well, if I knew that, I wouldn't have picked y'all up. And I'm like, you can put us out, She bitch. said, I'm, she said I'm, not doing the, I'm not doing the devil's work. Okay. And I respected her for well, it until owed? I felt judged. No. No. 
I'm like, bitch, how your car stank? You drive a fucking Malibu, and you giving us lip about going to the strip club. Hey, and and who did you have to tell stop? You. Oh yeah, because you started. Tim started getting mouthy in the Uber. (laughs) For what? With her? He was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know we was being judged." And I'm like, "Oop." (laughs) And then hey, literally not helping my case. I'm like, "We're all dads. Like we got daughters. You don't think we're gonna be respectful to these females?" Sounds. And then she's like, "You, I could feel her head shaking now. Like (laughs) you dumbasses." You remember that? <laughs> All right, Mimi, what's your tea? Yes, what's your tea? What's your what's your tea? And I guess you're gagging. I'm gagging. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, you remember that? Yes, that should have me. Fucking <laughs> I didn't even catch that you said that. Last episode, you were like, he "All right, Mimi, what's it. your tea?" And I guess you're gagging. I did say that, didn't I? <laughs> you <laughs> yes. didn't even know it. It had me rolling. Hell no. See, I love when we play it back, and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" We I actually know. said that shit. Or whenever I know, whenever it gets quiet, like what was being talked about, those little gaps of silence between us, <laughs> yeah. I know it's one of us mouthing something we ain't got no shit. business talking about. Or one yeah. of us in the bathroom. That too. <laughs> Taking a shiz. Shiz piss. <laughs> Mimi, um, what's your tea? And I guess you're gagging. Uh, did I just make something new? Yeah, he did. I think Let's so. not go off awesome. on another tangent, my bad. It was I'm pretty sorry. cool. Nothing. It was a hell of a... I left you with some shit. You didn't piss. leave me with anything, not intentionally. No, I never would do that. Look at but me. It was... I heard you did a great job. She did. Did you? You heard that? Okay, so no tea, no gagging, Mimi? No, no tea, no gagging. That means she's pissed off with us for, leaving, for you leaving us on bullshit. I'm not. Really? Well, actually, what's your tea and what's your, what are you gagging on, Tim? <laughs> Mine was so I get here. Me and Mimi have a heart to heart, and by heart to heart, I mean we greet each other. So fuck you, fuck you, looking at. <laughs> and from there, I thought we had like a really good start. That's really nice for you guys. This is the first time that me and her like been alone. alone? Yeah, so we don't have you playing. It didn't involve any like yeah. physical blows or altercations. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she swung on me twice, but and he stepped out the car just because he looked at me sideways. But bitch, I'm dead. And then I think my tea, my gag, nothing. I ain't got no tea or gag. What if really? I said, honestly, the, all of last week I just stayed home and I was trying gagging. to just recoup. You was, ga- you was gagging on um, Wednesday night. <laughs> it was Thursday night. <laughs> no, it was Wednesday. Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but do y'all know how much fucking acid is in vodka <laughs> and cranberry? Could y'all I know how much acid was in your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you that shit. Oh my God. My stomach still hurt from that. Projectile vomit. <laughs> I wish you could have seen your your throw up face on your way to the toilet. I bet it was nasty. I bet it was nasty. I, your cheeks were like this bit. Was that okay. it? Was that it? And this he made it the first time. The second, the second. His eyes just got this big. Huh? No, the oh, second shit. time his cheeks are out, bitch. And my mouth and was open and about, coming out. About the time he crossed, because he had left the bathroom light on so I could see him, like the silhouette of his body and face. About the time he crosses in front of the bed, I just see this shit shoot out the side Ew! of his mouth. I was Ew! like, ugh. So and, and it was red. Oh, that shit was stuck <laughs> on the toilet. Ew. Yeah, I was like, man, she gonna think I do do. And, and what'd you leave the housekeeper because she had to clean up all your puke? An apple watch. <laughs> oh, did you really? You left his watch. Yeah. By mistake. But... And, I've, and I left my but... wallet somewhere. You don't have your wallet? Is it? I was gonna ask you, is it in your car? Maybe we'll look afterwards. Okay. I ain't Good seen it. Gosh. But I also wasn't looking for it, so. 
Yeah, because you was trying to keep my sunglasses. Remember that? That's why your wife be I worried keep about you. That, that's that's, <laughs> that's, real. that's, that's why she's ready to act. beat my ass. Yeah, because you don't know how to act. And she's like, he was out there showing his ass. But this time, Josh, who was who was the most behaved that you've ever seen them? He was, like, for real. Because like, I was there to like, keep his ass in check. Was I not, like, a 32-year-old? Yeah. Who, who's, telling who the, who's telling the main story? I didn't. Me? Well, today might be a shorter episode anyways because... I have a mini murder, though. Well, let's hear it, gal. All right. This is the story. I won't say the last name until the end, but this is the story of Johnny. Do you guys know the story of Johnny? No. Uh, sure. For the sake of our uh, people who's affected, which would be victims... I'm going to give them personas that are not their own. So they'll have different names just to protect their identity. Okay. One day, Johnny's mother gave him $20 to go to Food Lion. Johnny went to Food Lion and he wanted gum and he wanted all this other stuff and cum and whatever else is there. So, girl, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> just listen. If you ain't got I'm one, about to mute y'all. I'm about to mute y'all. So Johnny's mom gave him $20 in food stamps. And back then it would be paper. You could get cash back if you wanted to. You would write a letter saying, Johnny has permission to buy my cigarettes, Marlboro Reds, love Tracy. Make it make sense. Okay. Uh Do you follow? So Johnny went and got gum, kept the change. And he's like, fuck, where am I going to get this meat? My mom gave me $20 to get meat and food stamps. And so he... Comes across the cemetery, so he digs up a grave, and he pulls out a liver, and he takes the liver home. The family eats it, and they're like, mm, this is delicious. Later that night, a door creaks open. I remember this story. And it says, Johnny. I remember this story. <laughs> what the fuck are y'all talking about? Keep going. I'm in your living room, <laughs> Johnny. I'm coming up the stairs. <laughs> My ass would have been like, eh, it's a trailer, bitch. There ain't no stairs. <laughs> eh. Eh. Johnny, I'm coming down the hallway over by the exposed wiring from the electrical unit. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, I'm coming to the half bat that's down <laughs> and y'all are using it as storage. <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> I'm by your fat back TV. <laughs> That's a Philip Magnavox. TV with a butt. TV with a butt. <laughs> Magnavox. Johnny. I'm by your candy strap couch. <laughs> Motherfucker, what you doing back there? Why you are just you in, my, in room. my house? And then you kick open the door. And I don't know what happened next. What happened next, Mimi? Don't you just get in his I face and say, where my fucking spleen at or something like that? I don't that? remember. What it the was, fuck are y'all talking about? It was about? one of those like scary stories that you told when you were younger. I would look at my mom and be like, bitch, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? It I have was. never in my it was life. A story that even even growing up the way you grew up, yeah, yeah my dad would that? just hide in the fucking laundry chute and say, "I want me gold." After watching the Leprechaun, and I would claw the fucking shower curtain <laughs> up in the, in the bathtub. <laughs> my dad put real fear in us. Okay. My dad committed to that shit. No. I'm I'm dead because if I claw myself out of the bathroom and I touch the washer with some wet ass hands. <laughs> This shit was a wrap on my life. That was like you getting electrocuted. Bitch. That was Mr. Sparky. Yeah, I don't know if there was a short in that song, bitch. But a I was shortening, like, a, short- a shortening, it was a shortening, a shortening in that song, bitch. 
Damn. Yeah, what it was like so, one of those stories that you would just tell at like slumber parties and stuff like that. Did that shit for real fuck you up? Yeah, it used to scare the shit out of me. That's how yeah. I knew it. That's how I remembered it. Yeah. I remember being like I've never heard that in my life. I was like, bitch, please don't watch it, Child's Play. How does it like end? I really don't remember. I'm gonna have to call Y'all never got that far. Y'all would scream and run away. Yeah, I was scared. Yeah, I'm gonna have to call Miss Kimmy. Yeah. Damn. So was that a good mini murder from my first one? That's all we got because ain't nobody else prepared nothing. <laughs> Don't lie. Was you scared? No. I didn't know what the fuck was Mimi, going on. Was you having flashbacks on a little bit scared? I was. See, same. Hey, yeah. me, me and Mimi got scared at the part about the Fatback TV. <laughs> if anybody's heard that, I guess let us know. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's from I feel like I'm on Lonely Island. to tell in the dark. It's a book. Yeah. All right. So what do we got going on today? All right. So... Well, you know how we always ask folks for their hometown stories? Y'all. I figured I would bring you my personal hometown horror. Straight what? from Dothan, Dothan, Alabama. Dothan. Dothan, Alabama. I've been wanting to do this story for a while, um, and I knew that I would present it when the time was right, like a space launch. <laughs> Cute. Not mm. only is my story this week my own personal hometown story, but it's also unsolved. Do you recall when it happened? Yes. Or is it? Son of a bitch. Mm. Yep. I remember it. I was 10. Old enough to scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Okay. So September 11th face ass. Huh? Wasn't we 10 whenever September 11th happened? This was in 99. Okay. Close. You were like 17. Fuck you. So I always thought my hometown was like pretty picture perfect. Um, I mean, we were one of the last generations to play outside until the streetlights came on. And we better have our asses inside before the streetlights came on. Can I get a it witness? It was a wrap. It was a wrap. Oh, yes. <laughs> and grass was not required to be cut all the time. Yes. Most people didn't unless they it did. was in the yeah. front. Yeah. We experienced the evolution of the internet before the Craigslist killer was a thing. Um, and when things just weren't so scary online... Uh, the biggest thing I had to fear was someone lying about their ASL. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, True. did y'all? Okay. So I know on ASL, did y'all know that the new generation calls ASL as hell? Huh? As hell? Yeah. So like what they're meaning ASL? They'll spell as hell ASL. And I'm like, I can't see that without thinking she is fine. Age, sex, location. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do the kids are fucking weird? American Sign Language. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, I guess what I'm getting at is that the world just felt safer when we were kids. Um, and maybe that's just me being naive and, you know, assuming that our parents just weren't keeping stuff from us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, and our parents gave us a lot more freedom than what we give our kids. Like, I know my kids. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it doesn't mean that, that shit wasn't out there. They just were, I guess, naive uh, to it. Miata. Yeah. When you were Bryce's age, wouldn't you go on door to door to sell some damn candy? Absolutely. By yourself. By yourself. On a, With, on a bicycle. Hey. My, I had a box of chocolates that I had to sell. Uh-huh. And, and my mom was would be you like, you or was you not two miles away from home? Yeah. <laughs> I was in the two streets over. <laughs> right. Yup. So when the case of JB and Tracy hit the media, the entire community was caught D- off is guard. It, is this one person or two? You said it's JB two. and Tracy? Yeah. There's okay. two girls. Um, we were so used to living with our guards down that we didn't even realize a snake was in the grass until it was too late. Oh, he's talking in riddles. Uh-huh. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, so dun, submitted dun. for the approval of the Midnight Society. Josh, for real, come on, man. I, was I call this story on my, uh, the tale of the Midnight Ride. 
Did you know that they came out with a new American, not American Horror Story, but Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. And it's trash. No, it is. In 1999, J.B. Beasley and Tracy Hollett were incoming seniors at Northview High School in Dothan, Alabama. For those of you who know me, you know that I, too, Went am to from Northview High School. I did not. That was the rival high school. Is that the one where you got hit with a hit or you had a hand with a battery in it and you went to go hit that kid? From that, <laughs> that was at my school. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know that I'm from Dothan as well. Uh, Dothan is located in the bottom right corner of the state of Alabama, opposite of where Mobile would be. About an hour and 15 minutes from Panama City Beach, speeding. And that's about <laughs> one of the only good things about it. I've heard that you could potentially skip school, drive to Panama City Beach, and be home before the school bell rang, but that's neither here nor there. And okay. you got caught, though. A couple times. She, yeah. His sister got caught. Uh-huh. We, oh, we all skipped got a lot. shit be out. <laughs> yeah. On the night of July 31st, 1999. Isn't that the time you got scared for, Amanda? I never felt sorry for her. She sorry, sis. She always had even it coming. She, she was that, up to no good, always. Even when she had that two-door Nissan Sentra, that was a 200SX? The 200SX. Go to hell with the JVC Hey, who plate. swears they know y'all? <laughs> Tim basically grew up with us. So on the night of July 31st, 1999, the community would be changed forever, and a new generation of fear would be bred. The night was young. It was JB's 17th birthday, and the two loaded up in her black Mazda to meet up with friends. Their destination was a field party in Headland, which was located about 10 miles north of Dothan on Highway 431. Okay, how far was I from that? When? Whenever I was coming through Florida. You drive, you take 431 straight down to Florida. That's where you can see the water tank and it says Dothan up top? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's a couple of them. If we don't have just one. I was there. I was there. (laughs) Um, so they left Tracy's house at approximately 10 p.m. and were spotted in Headland at about 10.30, which is accurate. It would take about 20 to 30 minutes, depending on traffic or how fast you're driving. Suddenly, the two realized that they had somehow gotten turned around and were lost. So they stopped for directions at a gas station where they called friends to get better directions to the party. However, with Tracy's curfew quickly approaching, the two were running out of time due to their late start earlier that evening. Prior to cell phones, prior to GPS, Mm -hmm. Tom, Tom, we don't get there. The directions weren't of much help because an hour later, the two girls found themselves in Ozark, Alabama. Now, Ozark is more than 20 miles away from Dothan in like kind of the opposite direction. The easiest way I can describe where they are is by using your hand. May I see your left hand, please? Left. Your other left. (laughs) All right. Point in the center of your palm. Okay. That's Dothan. Okay. Spread your fingers apart as far as they can go. Okay. The tip of your pinky is Headland. The tip of your index finger is Ozark. So we've kind of made a triangle here, right? Mm-hmm. So in between here and here. It's like an upside down triangle. Correct. I'm just letting everybody know just yes. for the viewers at so home. So that they know that they're following along correctly. Like a, like okay. a vagina. Correct. Or the lesbian symbol. Um, so in between, in between your pinky though. and your That's index that. finger... A lot of country roads. My ass gets turned around back there. So is I, this the day of like actually having road maps in your car that you got from a gas station yes. for nine ninety nine? Yeah, <laughs> and you will wonder why the hell is this so expensive? But then you open it and up you and break it out, and state. it's the width yeah. of the car. Yeah. Yes. So I can see how they got lost, but I know that they had been driving for a minute, at least like 30, 40 minutes, to end up in Ozark. Shit's piss. Yeah. What was the search engine call where you used to get? Ask Map Quest. Map, Map Quest. Quest. <laughs> <laughs> so also keep in mind the time, like 
Tim had stated, we're talking like the edge of the new millennium where GPS was nearly a decade from becoming like a household item. Yeah. And that was a luxury to have it on your phone in like 2007 and 2008. Yeah. I remember my mom had a little GPS that she would a keep in Tom her glove. A garment. Yeah. That you had to plug into the cigarette lighter. <laughs> <Yep>. Yes. <laughs> and and honestly, even cell phones at that time, unless you were yeah. rich enough to have a bag phone in your car, like you didn't really have cell mm-hmm. phones. Yeah. So, I mean, this is kind of where we're at. It's easy to be like, why didn't they just pull it up on their phone or, you know, call and ask for directions from a cell phone? They just simply didn't. They didn't have these luxuries at their expense. Yeah. So JB and Tracy stopped at the big little convenience store on East Broad Street, but the store had already closed for the night. Defeated, the girls were lucky enough to come across a woman by the name of Marilyn Merritt. Marilyn was with her daughter, and they too had also stopped at the store to try to buy just like a a drink, like a Coke or Dr Pepper or whatever, or beer. Who knows? Um, since their They're paths out in the country, it was a beer, right? <laughs> since their paths had crossed, the two girls took this opportunity to ask Marilyn and her daughter for directions back to two thirty one, which would have led them right back to Dothan. Later, Marilyn gave details to the police that the car was spotless and that the girls were neat and clean, and nothing seemed suspicious or out of the ordinary. By this point, Tracy's 11.30 p.m. curfew had expired, so before driving off into the night, Tracy was a picture-perfect child. She used the payphone at the closed store to call her mom and just let her know that they had gotten lost. They weren't even going to the party anymore. She's just coming home. Unfortunately, this would be the last time that Tracy's mom would ever hear her daughter's voice. Tracy's mom, Carol, later told police nothing was wrong in Tracy's voice, and it was a simple, Mom, I love you. I'll be home soon. The unfortunate truth of the matter is that she nor JB would ever make it home, and Marilyn Merritt would be the last person to ever see the girls alive, except for, obviously, the person who was responsible for their deaths. After receiving the call from her daughter, Carol Roberts fell asleep. She awoke at around 5 a.m. to realize that Tracy still wasn't home, immediately tipping off her senses that something was, like, very, very wrong. Uh, Obviously, I didn't know her personally because I would have been... She was like six or seven years older than me, maybe even eight, depending on the exact time frame. But I just gathered that she's like a very responsible kid, maybe, because it sounds like she never stayed out past curfew. And if she did, she called. She called. Mm -hmm. If she was going somewhere, her mom knew exactly where she was. Like, that's kind of just the feeling that I get. A few hours passed, and with Tracy still not home, Carol phoned the Dothan Police Department to officially report her daughter is missing. Expecting the worst, officers began combing the roadways for any signs of like a motor vehicle accident or anything like that, but little did they know that the worst was yet to come. While Dothan police scavenged the area in Houston County, Ozark police had already located JB's black Mazda parked on Herring Avenue. Oh, shit. Which was less than a mile from where Tracy used the payphone the night before. So they didn't get very far. Whenever with Mary. Yes, to call her mom and tell her that she was late. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh shit! That so this means somebody is somebody followed them up there, or watched, or they yeah. were at the store. We'll get there. Although it was parked on a residential street, the location of the car was parked along like a stretch of, um, like very dense woods on both sides. So it, it seemed like there was. It looked like a country road, but it was in a residential area. Yeah, if that makes sense, because there was maybe what would be like four or five or six houses to be developed, there was nothing there. So it was just trees before you hit like the next set of houses. Cedar Crest. Basically. Basically. (laughs) Bicycle. 
The police stated that upon finding the vehicle, there was no obvious signs of foul play other than the car being abandoned on the side of the road. JB's car was not damaged but was muddy and the gas tank was empty despite being filled up the day before, which kind of doesn't, it, it, it only seems sketchy if Marilyn had not told the police that the car was spotless. Yeah. So within just an hour or two, the car went from being spotless to like mm. covered in mud. The driver's side window was rolled down a few inches and the doors were left unlocked. The girls' purses remained inside of the car and JB's driver's license was just laying out on the dashboard. The only thing missing from the car was the actual keys, which were never located, by the way. A sar- he he acted like a police officer. <laughs> well, me? No, he did. Oh, Pull he could, took ID. the keys? Oh, right. Well, that's what I was thinking. Okay. So my, my first like knee-jerk reaction was that he had maybe had his brights on so they couldn't see who was behind them, and he stopped them to portray like being he pulled over. Cop, like yeah. he was a cop, yeah. Otherwise, why else would you pull out your ID? Yeah. You'll come to find out he didn't rob them or anything. All of their debit Clearly, cards and stuff were still in there. Still, yeah. yeah, all of their, anything of value was still there. A sergeant on the scene contacted Ozark's chief of detectives, Lieutenant Rex Tipton, and stated, I don't know why I'm bothering you, but something about this feels funny. So they're already kind of, their spotty senses are tingling a bit. He can already tell that something's not right about the situation because just certain things aren't, they're starting to not add up. Lieutenant Tipton advised the sergeant to stay on the scene with the vehicle, and after he ran the plates, he contacted the Dothan Police Department since that's where the vehicle was registered. It was at this point that the Dothan Police informed Lieutenant Tipton that they were currently taking a missing persons report from Tracy's parents. With the pieces of the puzzle beginning to fall into place, it was evident that the bad energy surrounding this situation was beginning to become a reality. Police continued to search for the girls, but there was still no sign of them. So around noon, Dothan police sent an investigator to Ozark who planned to have the vehicle towed back to Dothan. As officers waited for the tow truck to arrive, the Dothan investigator realized that he could open the trunk of the vehicle without the missing keys simply by using the lever in the car. Six hours after the discovery of JB's vehicle, the trunk was popped. Inside were the lifeless bodies of JB and Tracy. Damn! Both girls were lying in the trunk of the car, completely clothed, but strangely dirty. What the fuck? And they were So hold on, how long after they found the vehicle did they decide? Six Six hours. Six hours. What made them decide to pop the trunk? Yeah. Ozark police thought that they needed the key. The Dothan police officer was like, no, we can use the latch. It's a Mazda. Mm-hmm. Do we know what kind of Mazda? 929. They don't make them no more. Oh, them one of them fat ass 626s. It's what, it's what took the, or what the it's millennia a, it's took It's a millennia. Over. Yep. Yeah. It was nice. She had Manny. Um, Tracy's pants had briars clinging to them, and her recently purchased New Balance tennis shoes were covered in mud. She had a scratch on her arm and a single gunshot wound to the temple. Damn. It was determined that she had been placed in the trunk first and had 9mm shell casings resting on her leg. Both girls were wet below the knee, and JB was also dirty and muddy. She had been shot once in the cheek of her face. So at this point, police had locked down the crime scene and all the avenues were explored. Rape kits were completed on both victims, and an autopsy confirmed that neither of them had any drug or alcohol in their system. So they had never made it to the party, obviously, which we knew. Um, now, how about the rape kit? That just means it came back nothing? 
Well, at this time, there was never any confirmed answers as to whether the victims had been sexually assaulted. Um, I don't. It may have just been out of the respect for their families. Yeah, that they conducted it. Yeah, because they they were also minors too, so that it may have just been left, or it may have just been protocol for them to actually do it. Yeah, which I'm I'm trying to determine a motive here. Yeah, I mean, and even then, they're yeah. fully clothed. Their clothes are wet and dirty. So they even did, if they it weren't was robbed. a sexual assault, you, know? you would think that the the only thing I can think of is. I guess maybe this person siphoned the gas out of their vehicle because the gas, the tank was empty, empty and it had been filled up the day before. Now I will say they did drive around quite a bit. So like how empty is empty, you know, based on what their report, is it like bone empty? Because it wouldn't be. So I don't know. It was revealed later that semen was found on JB's bra, panties and skin, as well as a palm print on the trunk of the car. Robbery was quickly ruled out as the motive as the only thing taken from the scene was JB's keychain, which I'm assuming was maybe some sort of trophy. I don't know. I, well, I don't know what the... Sick bastard. I, don't, yeah. I just don't know what the significance of taking a keychain would be. Of all things that you could have taken, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, would have been a value. Most would argue that that holds no value other than if it's like and it's it sounds mental like value to you. Almost something that you're going to try to re-register back in your mind, what you did back in the day. Yeah. Right. But something to look back on. find them, they're like completely clothed. So that means like. If they were sexually assaulted, he dressed them back. Yeah. Or, or made, made them get, get dressed. dressed. Yeah. So on the night of the murders, a man named Johnny William Barentine, who was 28 at the time, informed his wife that he was going out to buy some milk for their two-year-old son. He left the residence around the same time that Tracy called her mother from the Big Little store. Barentine's wife stated that he did not return home until around 1 a.m. and that he was visibly shaken. When she asked him what had happened, he stated that his car had been hit by a black truck bearing Houston County tags, which is Dothan, near Herring Avenue, which is where JB's car was found. Several days later, after news of the girls' murder had been made public, he mentioned to friends that he had information about the double homicide. Of course you did. Mm -hmm. They encouraged him to go to authorities so that he could collect the reward money that had been offered at the time. On September 1st, 1999, exactly one month after the discovery of the girls' bodies, Barentine walked into the Ozark Police Department to offer information that may lead to an an arrest in the case. During that time, he changed his story six times and even placed himself at the scene of the crime. Why would you do that? Because his mind was fucked from what he did. He's making it up. His initial story claimed that on July 31st, he witnessed a black truck speeding away from the area where the girl's body was later found. Then he claimed that he picked up a man with tattoos that he didn't know and they drove to the Big Little store. The man then supposedly got into a car with the two girls, and he told Barentine to follow him. When he asked if he knew the identities of the two girls that the man got into the car with, he simply stated the dead girls. What? Because I guess he had seen their photo on the news. Uh, He went on to claim that they ended up on Herring Avenue, where the man and the girls got out of the car. He said that the girls appeared confrontational and that he heard two gunshots before he left to go home. And yet another story, Barentine told officers that the man was his neighbor. Barentine never mentioned anything about the sexual assault in any version of the story, but with his story connecting him directly to the crime scene, he was placed under arrest and charged with two counts of capital murder. At that time, he recanted his confession, claiming that he was innocent and that he made the whole thing up just to get the reward money. 
Barentine's DNA did not match that of any of the DNA left at the crime scene. Fuck. Even the semen? Even the semen. So a judge approved his bond request, and the grand jury failed to indict him on in January of 2000. I mean, I would have. If he, if he doesn't match the you DNA. You have nothing to go on. Yeah. I don't. Everything I, else is circumstantial. Yeah, I don't, kind of, I don't think he had anything to do with it. I think he was legit just trying to get reward money. Now, isn't this the same one where his wife said he was visibly shook? Yeah. Was that in hopes to try to, I guess, cooperate his story? Maybe. Cooperate? I mean, if not, then maybe he did do something, but nothing DNA-wise places him at the crime scene. Maybe he did actually witness something, and they can charge him with the actual murder. He knows what it is. Or he knows who did it. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. Moving past what some would consider a dead lead, authorities place their focus on three other individuals as persons of interest in the murders of the two teenage girls. One was a man from Michigan who was in the area at the time that the girls were murdered and did not have an alibi during a three to four hour time frame from that night. He was also said to have made suspicious statements regarding the incident. Authorities traveled to Michigan and tested his DNA, which also did not match that found at the scene. Maybe it was more than one person. Maybe. The second lead was the Big Little Store surveillance video, which captured a small white pickup in the parking lot at the same time the girls were there. The driver nor anyone getting out of the truck could be seen clearly. The police actually released a photo of the truck early on in the investigation, but the driver no, it was not Maryland's. Okay, so um, but the driver nor the truck were ever identified. Did Maryland see the truck? Could she like give a description of who was in it? She was there, you know. Maybe. Yeah. See, I hate asking Josh questions because he tries to get in our mind. He wants to see our wheels turn. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, Mimi. Teacher. What do you think? What do you yeah, think? Tell us what you think. <laughs> I got that. I'm four like, times. call call Marilyn on the phone. <laughs> Let's ask her. Um, the third and final lead was a man from Mississippi. He was in Ozark visiting relatives and left town two days after the murders. He was extradited from Jones County in Mississippi after he was arrested on an outstanding warrant for possession of drug paraphernalia out of Ozark. His DNA was also tested, and once again, it did not match that taken from the scene. Authorities made statements soon after the bodies were discovered that they did not believe that the girls were shot while inside of the trunk, and that they actually thought they were killed at a different location and placed in the trunk afterwards. Yeah, they picked up the shells. That could make sense, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll give them that. And maybe they just brought the truck back. Mm -hmm. That would explain why it was so dirty and all that. The Mazda, yeah. Yeah. So until March 2000, police had no leads as to where the primary murder scene took place. It was then that a woman who lived in South of in South Ozark reported that on the night of the murder, she heard screams and what she believed to have been two gunshots. When asked why she didn't report this information any sooner, even with all the media coverage surrounding the girl's death, she stated that she, quote, didn't want to get involved, which was Girl, a very shitty you. thing for her to yeah. do. I mean, if anything, you could have, like... You could have gotten in the way of an investigation. Like whatever DNA was there is probably washed away and gone now because yeah. you question. Does, does Liz live in Dothan? She knows exactly where I'm talking about. Does she still live there? Mm-mm, she lives here. Okay. Cause I was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's was, smart, bitch. She went to Georgia tech. I'm like, I could never. Oh, I'm telling you, Liz is my favorite person. <laughs> I was going to say every, every motherfucker in Dothan dumb except for Liz. Yeah, correct. <laughs> or if you listen to the chocolate milk pod. Correct. At casesuggestions.com. <laughs> the area the women led authorities to was surrounded by trees and beside of an old, like, vacant house. 
With the assistance of the FBI, crime scene investigators combed the area and located a 9mm shell casing, which was the same caliber as the casing found in the trunk with the girls' bodies. Investigators also collected soil samples to be compared with the samples of dirt found on JB and Tracy's clothing, to which the findings have never been made public for whatever reason. That's weird. Yeah. 20 years later, all of the evidence, interviews, and work of authorities had led to absolutely nowhere. There was no more suspects, no more evidence, no more leads, nada. The story had been featured on shows such as America's Most Wanted, Unsolved Mysteries, and Court TV's Haunting Evidence, yet there had been no justice for J.B. Beasley or Tracy Hollett. Like most situations where the community had so many questions with little to no answers, theories began to surface. One of the conspiracies claimed that it was actually an Ozark police officer that had killed J.B. and Tracy and that the department covered it up for him or her or them. However, nothing was ever confirmed on that. At that point, the case was still open and had been dubbed officially as a cold case. Now, fast forward because this was like 20 years ago-ish. Fast forward to 2019 um, as the 20th anniversary of the murders approached, the Ozark Police Department decided to reopen the cold case and try a new approach to solve it. The law enforcement community had become aware of the arrest of the Golden State Killer, whose name is Joseph James D'Angelo, through a new process called forensic DNA phenotyping. Ozark Police Department had heard about the science and thought it could possibly provide a break in the case that they desperately needed. Forensic DNA phenotyping refers to the prediction of appearance, appearance traits of unknown sample donors or unknown deceased or missing persons, directly from biological materials found at the scene. It also allows law enforcement agencies to identify a potential suspect through his or her family members who voluntarily submit their DNA to a genealogy database. Yeah, remember we match? talked about that. 23andMe. Yeah. Uh, what are some other ones? You know, ancestry, ancestry like you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's those types of things. And they ask for your consent before yeah. they, yeah. So whereas if I murdered somebody and I got away with it, but then they can link it. My to niece your, yeah. did an ancestry. They can directly catch me without needing my permission because they got her permission. They linked her DNA to my DNA mm-hmm. type situation. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm yeah. thinking about doing one because I'm pretty sure somebody in my family has murdered somebody, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> no, I think you'd be the murderer. Remember what we said? Josh can be the only one, the baddest one to do it. I mean, you're just going to be the one to talk about it. Right. Be like, nah, Josh, we didn't right? mean okay. to do it. So Ozark investigators submitted their DNA evidence to Paragon Labs, um, which is a company that provides this service. After analyzing the results um, provided by Paragon and having them confirmed by the Alabama State Lab, authorities announced the arrest of Coley Lewis McCraney, who was 45 and from Dothan, Alabama. So he would have been 25 at the time. McCraney was charged with five counts of capital murder and one count of first-degree rape. Damn. Okay, why five counts? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I was thinking maybe they consolidated, like, assuming that he murdered them in one location, that's two. Move their bodies, that's two more. And then try because, to hide them in the car, maybe? Uh, and then maybe, yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes well, sense. Well, so we're basically fucking police officers, you know? so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I would think that's what it is. And since they only found DNA on JB's, like, bra and, like, her panties, panties and her skin and stuff, that's... The first degree rape. There was nothing on... Yeah, yeah. Um, Tracy. <laughs> Tracy? The community, as well as the current Ozark police chief, Marlos Walker, were shocked at the turn of the investigation. 
Chief Walker actually went to school with McCraney, and everyone who knew him couldn't believe that he would have been responsible for such a horrendous act. At the time of the murders, McCraney would have been just only 25 years old. He would have been divorced from his first wife and was involved in a pending paternity suit. Ironically, he was actually ordered by the judge to undergo a DNA test the day before the murders. Records indicate that he never complied with that order. So if he would have done that, they probably probably would have done it a long time ago. Which tells me it may have been premeditated, but it kind of seems like it was like a a random act. Yeah. So I'm not sure there. Was he a bad guy? Like, well, he has no previous criminal history um, that we know of or that's been recorded. Um, and he I was never say nothing. He got caught with right, and he never came up as a potential suspect during the initial investigation in '99. It's like his wife should have, or I'm assuming, if he was like this just shitty ass guy, his wife, I'm sure, probably would have said something, or his ex wife. How many times? Like some of the most notorious serial killers legit leave do- like lead double lives. Yeah, yeah that's and their true. wife knows nothing about it. their family Terry, is just Terry like Bundy. What? Yeah, where their family is just like no. Yeah. So he remarried in 2001, and at the time of his arrest, was listed as a bishop motivational speaker slash working for the Lord on Heart of Goal Ministry Facebook page. They always are, girl. What? To bring the case full circle and to place it in current times, McCraney's trial was set for September 2020, but was pushed back to 2021 due to COVID-19. So he's not out on bail? He is not. He hasn't even seen his trial yet. And that's all that I have Damn. for now. Yeah, please keep us updated. So McCraney maintains his innocence. And when the verdict is announced, I promise I'll give you an update. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I do want to give a huge shout out to Cassandra O'Hara. Uh, Cassandra describes herself as, quote, a working mom who uses her curiosity to fuel cur- curiosities of others. And I actually reached out to her on Instagram because I was like, girl, your story is the tea. And it's kind of like your story last week, Tim. Impossible to find information about this case without yeah. like doing just like hours and hours and hours of like deep dive diggings. And then you kind of get like mixed match information. Some of it Way doesn't off. match. And it's yeah. just, I felt like she painted like the best picture of this case. And it was everything that I remember about the case growing up and hearing about it. So you've reached, so who is she exactly? She's a writer. Okay, so and she like has some personal investment in this. Like, no, I don't mean personal investment. Uh, I mean she. She, she might personally... be. She might be from Dothan. I didn't look. Okay, into it. Okay. I'm not quite. But sure. she's not like a relative of the. No, not that I'm aware of. So while a majority of the story, of course, was taken from an article she wrote on Vocal Media, I did pull some other information from Unsolved Mysteries as well as the local paper, aka the Dothan Eagle Baby. Dothan Eagle. If you'd like to follow any of Cassandra's other incredible stories, you can locate them. Yeah, they're good. You can locate all of them at uh, Cassie, K-A-S-S-E-Y, dash O'Hara, O-H-A-R-A, dot medium, dot com. As well as follow her on Instagram at still, (laughs) this always cracks me up, still penguin seldom waddle. What? Which is like by far cuter than my Instagram name. Still penguin Still, uh, still penguins seldom waddle. It's lovely. It's everything the Chocolate Milk Podcast Instagram page should be. I'll take a look. Are we following? <laughs> are we following her? We are. What do you guys think of it's my intense. hometown murder? 
I think that it sucks because I always hate whenever somebody can do something so shitty and have this long and get away with it. You yeah, know, yeah, I mean? and go on yeah. and and live like you said a, a double life. That's insane yeah. to me. Like, how do you go on and like with no remorse? Like nothing ever happened. Yeah. Like how? I, really hate I, I that guess it wasn't the first dude because I felt yeah. like. I mean, how lucky are we, though, that, like, science has progressed the way that it has so that we can catch them, I guess, is the silver lining. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I her think family, just not even science, just technology as a whole. Like, the way yeah. you can track people. Like, had this been, like, there wouldn't we wouldn't be waiting on Marilyn's com- confirmation of where she was. Cell phone GPS would tell exactly where that human was at that particular time. Yeah. Who yeah. was near. What phone call was made last. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I mean, I guess it had been so long at that point. I'm sure her parents had just completely closed that chapter and they were just like, we'll never find who was responsible for this. So I hope, I'm sure reopening the case did, you know, some wounds were surfaced, but I hope that they actually got closure. Or it sounds like hopefully they'll get closure this time. Yeah. Wow. That was intense. Yeah, good story. Thank you. We're committed to always keeping our podcast free, and the best way to share us with the world is to help us move up on the podcast charts. Please like, subscribe, and review us wherever you listen. Without your support, we couldn't continue to grow and introduce ourselves to other listeners around the Z solar world. system. <laughs> we get something new every week, girl. Mm-hmm. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the Chocolate Pod, or you can email us case suggestions at the Chocolate Milk Pod at gmail.com. Take care of yourself, be nice to others, and I guess we'll have a part two when the verdict is read. We bet bet have a part two. I'm going down there. At minimum, some sort of an update. I promise I'll give it to you. I feel like this is going to be like all over like my Facebook feed once it. Especially now because this is what This is like one of the biggest stories to come out like out of my hometown. I mean, it was like national news at one point in time. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Golly. My other... It's not a hometown murder. It's a home state murder. And that's Natalie Holloway. And I will cover that one day, too. I think I got some good ones for Tennessee. What you got for Georgia? Actually, I was just looking it up. I can't go into details about it, but I'll tell you about it. Uh, I think that's what we should all do next is our hometown horror. Yeah. Yeah. I I know I got to do this case suggestion at com, And then I will. Okay. Yeah. Well, until then. Bye. Bye. Bye.